Good morning. So good to be with you again. My name is Israel, and if I haven't had the pleasure of meeting you, I would like that opportunity. I actually live in Santa Maria, and I've been here a couple of times before, and it's so good to be back. So good to be back with you. I always, always look forward to coming here because for me it's always an honor and a privilege to worship with you. And you have been in my prayers and in my heart as you go through this, yet again, another process, this transition, this interim period where a lot of questions, even perhaps even fears and concern and confusion and disappointment. Do you want me to keep going? And all kinds of stuff. You want it, and you want it to speed up, and you want, you want an answer. And you know what? God's going to give you an answer. God's going to take care of you. You're in His hands. You don't have to fret. You don't have to worry. And so we're in this series called Baggage. That's very appropriate. Why? We all have baggage. If I was mentally picturing how much, if I, if I had to put all the stuff I brought here today in actual suitcases, how many suitcases would that be? <laughs> right? You'd be like, excuse me, bumping into people and stuff, you know. You ever gone traveling um, and they make you weigh your stuff? What's up with that, right? (laughs) I was uh, traveling, we were traveling back from Dallas. My wife is from Dallas. She was born in India, but grew up in Dallas. And we were in Dallas. And you know, when you're in Dallas or anywhere, you just buy stuff, right? And so we bought a lot of stuff and we already brought a lot of stuff. And so we're putting more stuff on top of stuff and that's called baggage. And we're going to the, you know, we're making our way to the, to the airport. And they go, we need to weigh this. And that was right when they instituted the 50-pound thing. That's just from, the, from hell, okay? Because that doesn't allow you to buy stuff when you go somewhere. So they, it was 80 pounds. And so, you know, that will only be $2,000 for those 30 pounds. And, uh, yeah, we could fix it up right now. So we looked, we're like, we're looking at each other, blaming each other. What did you put in here, you know? My, and we, so I took out my eight jeans and, and uh, I gave it to my mother-in-law and she shipped them to me, right? Because that made more sense. As long as we were at 50, I was good. How much baggage have you brought here today? You know what? The best thing about that whole experience at the airport is it made me realize how heavy my stuff is, right? See, we're, I'm the one who put the stuff in the bag, but I didn't realize how heavy it is. That's baggage. We get married with baggage. And, and then you get more baggage on top of your baggage. This is depressing. <laughs> so we're talking about baggage. Obviously, when you travel, you want to travel light. Yeah, <laughs> everyone laughs at that, right? But we do. Don't you admire the people that just like have one thing when they're traveling? It's like, where are you going, right? Oh, I'm going on an eight-day trip to... Eight days? Got one bag, right? Yeah. Today, we're talking about today. And the baggage of today. I want to change that up just a a little bit. I want to call it a carry-on. Because you're allowed, what, one bag and something else? I want to talk about that carry-on. What should you be having on your person when you travel? Hopefully, you've been weighing your baggage. Hopefully, you've been confronting your stuff, your stuff, not someone else's stuff. It's always interesting to point out everybody else's bag. You got a lot of bags, 
What about yours? Oh, that's not too much. It's really important, really important to weigh your bags. But there's some things that are so good, like an iPad, that you want to keep with you on the trip. So what is the stuff that you can carry with you? What is the stuff that you can put on your lap? What is the stuff you can put right at your feet and it won't get lost by anyone? That's what I want to talk about today. These are things that will make sense to you even if you've never ever been in the church, if you've never ever read the Bible because they're not only common sense, they're good. There's people that have an idea how to live, but they're wrapped up in stuff and they're carrying burdens and they don't have even the will at times to live simply. Out of all the books of the Bible that I recommend people to, to, to read, when they say, Pastor Israel, I don't know anything about the Bible, which book should I read? And if I, on, depending on, on what they're looking for, if they just are a total newbie beginner, I'd say, read the book of Ecclesiastes. And they're like, what is that? That's even a strange word. Ecclesiastes is, where the, is, is based from the Greek word ekklesia. It's where we get the word church. And so when the Hebrew Bible was translated into Greek before Jesus was born, they translated the, the, the word koheleth, which means teacher or preacher, as like a, a gatherer or teacher in, in Greek. And ekklesia is like a, a churchman so to speak, a teacher, a preacher. It's someone that is just kind of just breaking it down. Don't you love people that just break it down, right? And they always have something good to say. I love those people in my life. Ecclesiastes is a book that a lot of people have a, a failure to even, even get into. And I preached on Ecclesiastes, I think, six or seven months at, a, at my church. And uh, I think they got tired of it, right? Because it is not easy reading. Some people, when you read the Bible, you want to feel, you want the Bible to make you feel good each and every time. Ecclesiastes will not let you do that. <laughs> Eugene Peterson said, Ecclesiastes is not a meal, it's a bath. Don't you love that? Sometimes you just need a drink of water, sometimes you just need to take a shower right? You need to take, you need to let the Word of God wash you from all the stuff and the gunk and the smells and the stink of life that has been happening to you or you've been doing. You need a bath. Ecclesiastes does that for you. One of my favorite movies before I get into this, Ecclesiastes really deals with this, is about finding the meaning of life. That's the whole point of the whole thing. What is the meaning of life? And right out of the gate, the first word, some of the first words he uses is meaningless. Meaningless, meaningless. In other translations, vanity, vanity. What is this word? It's a Hebrew word, hevel. H-E-B-E-L. Hevel. And it's a very difficult word to translate. It can mean vapor. It can mean something like the morning mist. It means something that you try to chase, but you never grasp. How futile is it to chase the morning mist and to try to catch it? 
especially in Paso, right? You ever get morning, morning mist around here? My goodness, it's hot. One of my favorite movies to watch over and over again is The Christmas Carol. You ever watch that? And I, and I actually, I'm starting to read the books that I've watched on movies only. You ever do that? That's also wonderful. It's really, really good. And there's two parts of the movie that I really enjoy. One is when uh, Marley shows up with his chains and that whole concept of all the things that he did wrong kind of follow him. That's not biblical, by the way. Uh, that's not how we're going to live our lives, hopefully, especially if you're free in Christ. But the, the picture of the baggage he had in life, that was a good picture. The other picture is that when uh, good old Scrooge is in his dream and the ghost of Christmas future, and we can talk about Christmas in July, don't worry about it. We, uh, we, he, he, he's, he thinks he's dead in his dream he feels dead looks dead because he is dead he sees his grave and there's people that are like touching his stuff remember that part and they're like oh uh, we should i'll probably get this much for that and he's like really upset that they're touching his fine possessions and he's helpless ecclesiastes says if you think you're going to find the meaning of life through pleasure or through the accumulation of wealth, if you think you're going to find it through education, if you think you're going to find it by building beautiful things, if you think you're going to find it in any of those adventures, you're wrong. Death makes everything meaningless. That's a really cheery thought, right? (laughs) That kings who owned so much land and can do so much good are buried in the same ground as people who only took and robbed and killed. It's all meaningless. So anyway, we just conclude this sermon and uh, (laughs) let's pray. Let's pray. (laughs) When I read Ecclesiastes as a pastor, it made me confront my own pleasure-seeking, flattery-seeking, success-driven DNA that I have. There are plenty of pastors, basically all pastors are sinners, right? You know that. Sinners just like you, we sin. You don't want to see us sin, but we do. What I say, what I think, what I, and, and this is not about me, but the point is this. It made me confront that I'm broken and that I'm seeking meaning in life in areas that are not going to pay out. And Ecclesiastes says, let me show you what I found. You know what's amazing? It's a wisdom book. And he even says, I tried to, I tried to accumulate more wisdom and that was meaningless because the more wisdom the more knowledge I gained the more I grieved it's like how much of the evening news can you watch before you are grieved or numb and I think we're all there right I think our country is like in this state of grief and desensitization and, and, and division and we are comfortable in our misery man this is such a cheerful sermon <laughs> aren't you glad you came 
So not only do we need to weigh our bags and confront our stuff, we need to be thinking about what are we holding on to on a daily basis? What's number one in my life? What am I desiring more than any other thing? What's next to me? What's next to my heart? What do I place next to my heart? For Scrooge, it was money. Always about money. And that, Jesus said, is the other rival, the other master that we always try to serve. But Ecclesiastes realized for, for some people, it's not about money. It's about something else. And even wisdom itself is futile. It's meaningless. It is hevel. It's morning mist. You try to grab it, but you just can't keep it. What is the point of living then? There's so many different portions in Ecclesiastes where he's able, you're, it's like you're in this fog on, underneath the marine layer and it's really dark and sometimes the clouds part and there's sunshine. This is one of those texts. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verses 7 through 10. Let's read this. Go eat your food with gladness. Drink your wine with a joyful heart. This is perfect for Paso, right? <laughs> for God has already approved what you do. In other words, God really likes you and he really wants you to enjoy your life. He wants you to have a good meal today. Have you ever thought about that? That God really loves to see you love life? Always be clothed in white, which is what they would wear during festivals or special occasions. But this guy says, always wear white. And always anoint your head with oil, which you would do on special occasions. No, you always should look good, feel good, smell good. <laughs> Amen to that? Amen. Some, somebody needs that word. Give them a, no, just don't do it. <laughs> All right, I love this part. Enjoy life with your wife. You're married? Enjoy your marriage. Well, that's easier said than done, Pastor Israel. <laughs> Have you met my spouse? <laughs> Do you know who I'm married to? <laughs> yeah, I know who they're married to, too. <laughs> Enjoy life with your wife. Does it say how? Whom you love. All the days of this meaningless life that God has given you under the sun. That, that phrase, under the sun, is used 29 times in Ecclesiastes. 29 times. Why? Because life is hard. Especially when there's no shade. And you got to work outside and the sun is reminding you, you are small. I'm a little bigger than you, tougher than you. I will wear you out. So we invented AC. <laughs> Enjoy life with your wife whom you love. Rekindle that love. 
What's stopping you from investing in your marriage? That's the best thing that God is giving you. Love her and love him. All the days of this meaningless life. All your meaningless days. That's so cheery. For this is your lot in life and in your toilsome labor under the sun. Man, back to back. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. Do you remember that in the New Testament? The Apostle Paul, Jesus, were immersed in the wisdom literature. Psalm, Proverbs, Job, Ecclesiastes. For in the realm of the dead where you're going, that's really nice. There is neither working, nor planning, nor knowledge, nor wisdom. Why are you, work, why are you working so hard? You think you're going to escape death? No, you're going to get there faster. <laughs> you know what we are intoxicated with success driven mentality in our culture we are drunk with power we are inebriated can I find more words that you know we are inebriated with flattery but what Ecclesiastes, the preacher says to us, he says to me, he says to you, he says to us, enjoy your life and take it one step at a time. You know what he starts with here in this passage? He says, enjoy each and every meal. How many people shove food down their throats without anyone near them. We scarf our food, don't we? Okay, I'm talking about myself. <laughs> double, waste, double Western bacon cheeseburger, right? <laughs> boom! Fries, boom! And what's up with a small now, right? They give me a fries like a small. That used to be large. Small drink, boom, right? And let's not even talk about big gulps. My goodness, they look like tanks. We, are, we, we love stuff, but we, we shouldn't be eating too often by ourselves. We should eat really, really, really good food, healthy food. Yeah, I just talked about double Western bacon cheeseburger. I don't, this is really hypocritical, but it's not every day, okay? I like, like once a week, once a month, man, shh, nice. But And, and I, I'll even admit, I like eating alone because it's hard to eat with your family, right? Man, I'm just destroying this whole message. It's like totally contradictory. It's contradictory. Enjoy your life, but enjoy your cheeseburger by yourself. Whenever you eat, you should, re, you should remind you of the fact that you are being cared for by God. Every time you eat, it should, it should connect you to your creator, your redeemer, your Lord and Savior. And I hope that we instill that to our children and our grandchildren. Because that's even in Jesus' prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. It's so important that you enjoy your meal. He says, go Eat your food with gladness. Drink your wine with a joyful heart, for God has already approved what you do. God approves that you eat well. 
be clothed in white. Now, this is interesting. He says, the way you enjoy your life is how you dine, what you eat, how you eat. It should have gladness. And by the way, you're in charge of that. If everyone else is an Eeyore, you can still enjoy your meal. What you wear is also important. Now, I'm not saying that you should... Jesus says don't worry about what you're going to wear. Don't put clothes as a way of thinking you know, that you're actually... That's the point of life. Or don't be worried about what you're going to wear. Don't worry. Don't, don't fret about that. But enjoy what you wear and put on things that you, that you love. Why? Because it puts you in a good mood, right? Am I the only one? Is it true? I mean, all the ladies are with me, and some of the men are like, man, what is this guy talking about? Maybe, maybe not. Be clothed in white. Always anoint your head with oil. In other words, don't wait for a birthday party or a wedding or a festival to celebrate life. Don't wait. Like, don't do that. You know what kind of culture we have? We, we, under, we have a culture that understands that life is hard. Life is unfair. That's what Ecclesiastes says. And so what they do is they miserably go through their work week and they can't wait for what? Because what are they going to do? And how are they going to party? Let's not go into that in detail. They want to forget about their life, right? They want to disconnect. No. Ecclesiastes says, no, don't disconnect. Connect every day, especially every meal. And think of life like a festival. Every day, you're understanding that God is at work and you're connecting with that lifeline. Instead of a culture that is in misery and seeks escape. And then they get drunk to the point I don't even know. How do, how do you celebrate being drunk? I don't understand that. Like you, good job, dude. You threw up on my couch. <laughs> what? I'll kick you out of my house if you throw up on my couch. Are you serious? Always be clothed in white. Look at this. Look at the next thing. So the first thing is you, you eat well. That's your carry-on. Every day, eat well. Number two, number two, what you wear and how you approach life. You should look good. Present yourself well. Not so you could receive flattery, but so that you could rejoice in life as a festival. Do you understand that life is a gift? It's a festival. And God is the one who puts the party together. That doesn't take away from the troubles and difficulties of our life. But we should look for places where we should be celebrating. Let me just say one more thing about this. Christians should be the, should be the best party people out there. We should be throwing parties all the time. When someone moves into our neighborhood, we should be the ones bringing the cookies and inviting them over for dinner and getting to know them and celebrating what anything is good in their life and saying, you know what? God is at work in your life. As simple as that. We should be the ones who are celebrating life 
and, and putting together those block parties. What happened to those block parties? We live in a nation that is completely divided. But that all, that's, all that starts from one block to another. That has to change. What are you doing to enjoy your life with your neighbors? Got real quiet in here. You know, for me, as someone that preaches this and, and believes this, it, it was uncomfortable for me even... I had to like build up courage in myself to go to my next door neighbor and say, you know what, they're, they're retired. She's 85 from uh, Malaysia. She speaks um, with a really thick accent. I love her. And um, my neighbor, uh, who's married to her, is a wonderful man. And they don't cook at their home, ever. They only eat out, period. That's kind of nice, right? I mean, his trash is like a napkin and like a Kleenex in there. That's like it. And he's always telling me, just put my trash. You can just put your trash. When your trash is overflowing because it's overflowing, you can use mine, he says. And it took me some courage to say, you know what? I'm going to invite them over for dinner. Why did I take courage? Because it was uncomfortable. It was weird. But I did that. So we're going to get together really soon. And I'll let you know how it works out. (laughs) Hopefully you do the same. Third thing, enjoy life with your wife. We make fun of, you know, when you're married, you kind of spot people that are dating, right? You can see them a mile away because they're like constantly looking at each other. They're like swimming in each other's eyes. You know. I, I heard a comedian say um, he was having dinner with his uh, wife and the other couple next to him says, can you pass the sugar, sugar? It's like, oh man. And this other couple, couple over there, can you pass the honey, honey? And the wife looks at the husband and says, how come you don't talk to me like that? He goes, can you pass the tea bag? (laughs) That's a horrible joke, man. That does not help the text. That's messed up. And by the way, I've never tried that, okay? Uh, You will not be alive if you try stuff like that. Anyway, enjoy, enjoy life, if you're married, with your wife. I noticed that. You have to enjoy life first. You know what I'm going to say. Stop looking at other people, especially your spouse, to somehow fix you. Like they have to be perfect first or happy first or subservient first before you can enjoy life. That is really small, childish thinking. Love does not demand its own way. 
Love rejoices in truth. Love your life. When you do that, you'll love your wife, your spouse, your husband more. Rekindle that love. Now, for those of you who are single, um, I have nothing to say to you. Um, Just go back to one and two. Enjoy your meal and look good, I guess. Uh, You'll get there. You'll get there. My bad. That, that was not in the notes, but um and then it ends with this. I'm serious, I got nothing. To, uh, I don't know what it's like to be single anymore. I'm out of the game. Uh on the twenty seventh of July I, my wife and I celebrated twenty years of marriage. Twenty years of marriage. Yeah. And I feel and you've heard this, I feel like I'm just starting. I feel like I'm just starting. Starting to appreciate her. Starting to listen to her. That's really discouraging to the single people. 20 years! And then he'll listen? Yes. You got it in you? It's true. And I'm a preacher. (laughs) So, of course, I thought I was listening. But I was always defensive. And that's one of the biggest things I have to work through is confronting my defensiveness. But that's my journey. The last thing it says, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. And that's kind of general. Yeah, whatever you do, with everything you have, do it. That's kind of an American spirit there. Right? That's what has made this country prosperous. People that have a hard work ethic. And the scriptures really admire that. Why? Because it gives glory to God. The Westminster Catechism, the first question, those questions and answers that really help us understand faith, and I'm going to conclude with this, says, and you've heard this before if you've been around uh, Reformed churches, Presbyterian churches. What is the chief end of man? Let me, let me modernize that. What is the purpose of your life? It is to enjoy God and glorifying Him forever. To enjoy God. To enjoy your life and to glorify Him forever. And John Piper in his writings and sermons has really made the connection that the more you enjoy your life, the more you glorify God. That those are related. Those are connected. And if you're not enjoying your life, it could be for a lot of good reasons, but even in pain and in grief, you can have joy. And you can enjoy what God is doing in your life. Are you enjoying your life? We've been asking you to look at your bags, to check your bags, and to weigh your bags. Now I'm asking you, how much do you enjoy your life? I'm asking you to, to kind of, on a scale of 0 to 10, 
where are you on enjoying your life right now? And that's related to how much glory you're probably giving God in your life. And whatever you do, the preacher says, go for it. Do you want to go back to school? Do it. Go for it. Because God gave you a mind. And God gave you the skills. And God's going to give you the resources to figure that out. Has he given you a, 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 a skill, a gift? Man, don't you see people who are gifted and they don't even want to use it? Is that you? But at the same time, whatever you do, do with everything you have, but realize one day you're going to die. <laughs> what? Yeah. Don't get too carried away. <laughs> you're not going to cheat death. You're not. So be as grateful. Live joyfully. Love your spouse. Enjoy your meals. Whatever you do, do it the best you can. You should be the best worker in your company. Not to show off, but just to say thank you to God. You should be the best. Stop complaining at work. You're not there to complain. You're there to be a change agent. You're there to see other people thrive. You're living where you're living so that your neighbors can experience joy. Man, I can go on. But there's a time limit on preachers. Especially me. And that's okay. If you want more, read the scriptures. Read Ecclesiastes. People have called it the most noble, most honest book that's ever been written. And if you're questioning God or questioning church, man, I'd love for you to read Ecclesiastes and see what God does in your life. And if you're here for the first time, second time, we're really glad that you're here. It's a wonderful church. And I pray God's blessing over the ministry of this church. Let's pray. Lord, we want to thank you for our lives as much as we complain as much as we hold on to bags as much as we as much as we don't enjoy our lives Lord forgive us correct us inspire us help us Lord to enjoy even our meals today thank you for the state fair mid-state fair <laughs> with all the other challenges it probably presents, but that people are celebrating life and we should be a part of that, celebrating life because we have every reason to, to f because of who you are. So Lord, help us to fear you, to love you, to honor you, to join in the celebrations of our neighbors, to love our spouses and to dream again and to work really hard and thank you Lord that death although it makes all of our futile endeavors meaningless 
You've conquered death. And you are the resurrection. You are the life. And our hope is in you. And our meaning is in you. Not in what we can do. In Christ's name we pray. And let the people of God say, Amen. Amen.